All right. I'm not going to do what I was going to. I was going to. I'm talking about naked Christianity today. I told you guys I want to talk about this. What does that mean? You guys are thinking, I've never heard that word. That's because I made it up. What? I was going to stick my tongue out at you, but I'd behave for another couple seconds. Um, phrase. I, so, you know, when you go saying that, you better give me the credit. No, I'm just joking. Don't. So I learned about naked. So naked Christi- Christianity, basically what it is, it's basically become the norm that we see. You know, it's accepted. It's encouraged inside the body of Christ. We're thinking, what? Do you guys, and you're thinking, what is this? What is naked Christianity? Well, basically, I'm going to read in Ephesians. I'm going to read about something, and we're going to talk about what, what, this, what this means. So in Ephesians 6, if you want to follow along, if I'm going to be in there. We're going to talk about um, equipping. So Ephesians six ten it says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. And in the power of his boundless might, Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavenly, hev- heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to be successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with the physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heaven and in the heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil of the day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. How many of you guys want to be, like, want to succeed, want to come out on top, no matter what you're going through. We want that, right? So let's go on and see what that means. So in verse 14, it says, so stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band or belt of truth, which is your personal integrity and your moral courage. Tighten it around your waist, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is an upright heart, and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and readiness to produce the good news. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So going back to what you're thinking, what does it have to do with naked Christianity? Well, we're going to go back. So many Christians are running around naked. All they got on is that hat of salvation, that helmet of salvation. They put on, I got saved. It's so good. I'm on my way to heaven. You know, if someone comes running out at me with just a helmet on, I'm going the other way. That's weird. Right? You come running at me with just a, unless you're two years old. That's normal. That's a normal day if you have a two-year-old in your house. <laughs> Just saying, you know, you guys don't have two-year-olds, otherwise you'd be like, yeah, that's like every day, you know. <laughs> um, so we're running around with just this helmet of salvation. We're so worried about do an altar call, do an altar call, get people into the kingdom, you know, we've got to do salvation, you know, and then we leave them right there. 
They go back to their old lives and they skate by into heaven with just their salvation. And God's like, I'm pretty sure I told you, Ephesians is all, Ephesians is all about equipping the saints. Guess what? You're saved in the kingdom. You got your helmet on. Now you are a saint. That's what's equipping the saints. So that's another word for believers, okay? We're supposed to equip. We're supposed to do something after that. It's not just supposed to be, oh, I got saved. I'm going to live however I want, do whatever I want. I'm going to heaven. It's good. He's saying, no, I want you to get fully clothed in the armor of God. So we got to stop and say, I'm not going to run around naked anymore. It's weird. It's embarrassing. It turns people away. Someone coming up to me with just a helmet and telling me about Jesus, that's weird. I'm going to be like, uh, put some pants on, we'll talk. Okay? Right? But we do that as Christians. We're like, I love Jesus, do you love Jesus? And they're like, well, I've seen your life. If that's loving Jesus, oh, I don't want that. Right? Because all we got is, all we want to say is Jesus, 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 which is great. That's a good thing. I'm not saying it's bad. Don't make me think that salvation is good. You need it. That's, you have to have it to, to even put on the rest of this armor. Okay, you got to get the helmet on, but we got to keep going. Okay, so would you like to ride a bike with just a helmet? I learned very young that you should wear shoes. Okay, the old 10 speeds, you know, I had older siblings. I never got a nice new bike that fit me. I had to have like, you know, I had to ride like the man's 10 speed, so you put like a pillow there so you can like sit, you know. And when you don't have shoes on, do you know what happens? Your toes are really close to spokes, and it is very painful when you do not have shoes. I learned that if I'm going to ride my bike, I'm going to have shoes on. Helmet's not enough, okay? So we realize, you know, I'm not just going to put on one piece of protective gear. Because my toes and those spokes, they did not go well together. I did that one time. So if we wouldn't do that with just riding a bike, if we're like, put your helmet on, you know, make sure you have shoes on, make sure you have these things for our kids to go out and ride a bike, then why have we accepted the nakedness in the body of Christ? Why are we only worried about salvation? Because you know what salvation? Your salvation ends with you being blessed, and if that's all you have, you're sending a lot of people that you meet every day to hell because you can't go any further. You have no equipment to teach them, to train them, to get them into the kingdom. Right? Salvation is really a selfish thing for us. Not for Jesus. He gave everything for it. But we receive it as a free gift of nothing we've done. So talking about what are we going to do? Why do we accept that from ourselves? I want more. That's why we're doing those deep dives because how many of you guys are like, I'd like to know more. Like sometimes you talk about, we talk about things. It's like, I don't even know where that, I've never heard that before. There's times I've come to, play, come to a church event or gone to a conference and I'm like, I've never heard that before. Like how, I've been a Christian for a long time. Why have I never heard that? We want to, we need more. We all need more. I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years, you need more. So how many of us, how many of us has, have left off that belt of truth you know, keep, that keeps us walking with integrity and for our morals to line up with God's morals? You know, our, or we get saved and our lives don't resemble that righteous living that Christ had? You know, that, that breastplate protects, what does it protect? 
Your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's that righteous living. If I get saved and I just keep going on sinning, I haven't put on that breastplate of righteousness. It protects, it guards the heart. You know, if I want life, I better make sure that the that righteousness is firmly planted in my life because whatever's in my heart is coming out. Whatever is in your heart is going to come out. You can pretend, you can put on a good smile, you can do, you know, your customer service face and voice for a little bit. But you stub your toe, what's in there is coming out. You ever stub your toe when you haven't been doing... When you, when you haven't been in God's word, when you've been struggling, when you've felt like, you know, I haven't, I haven't been hearing the word of God, things come out, right? I get cranky, I get ornery, you bump into me, I'm ready to fight, you know, um, things like that. But you know, when I've been in the word of God, when, when something like that happens, immediately I think, oh man, something must have been going on in their life. I wonder why they're responding that way, because that was in my heart, because the character of God is in your heart if you put it in there. So we want to make sure that once we get saved, we actually begin to put what we need in our heart and, and get that breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness over our lives. And we get that when we hear the word of God. And we want those shoes of readiness of the gospel always being prepared to share the word. We have to be prepared to share the word. We don't know who we're meeting that day. You don't know what's going to happen that day, who's coming up to you, what you have to stand for. That means we have to know the gospel. If we're ready to present the gospel, we have to know what the gospel is, right? If someone comes up to you and says, I'm just having the worst time, everything's going bad, I'm just done with life, we have to know how to be like, you know what, I've got an answer for you. Here it is, let me share this with you. This is the way. This is the truth. This is the life. Right? We got to be ready for that. If we go, um, I go to church. You should come too. Life's good when I do. And they're like, I've been to a bunch of churches and I still feel this way. No, we got to be ready with the gospel. We got to be ready with Jesus. Right? Get those shoes of readiness on our feet. I'm way too calm today, guys. And then you have the shield. We have that shield. That's a protection for us so that we don't have to go through life with hopelessness. No matter the circumstances, no matter what's going on, whatever the enemy throws at me, I can know the truth and have a hope. That's a good, that's a good thing to put on, isn't it? Because without hope, people perish. That's why suicide rates are high. That's why we have people that they don't know what to do, so they kill their babies in the womb because they don't have a hope for what's going to happen in six, nine, 12 months, right? When that baby's born. They don't think, no one's here to help me. I don't know what to do. Do you see how without hope, what the enemy comes and steals life, and it's not just your life, he's stealing other people's lives because we didn't put that shield up. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. Isn't that good? 
If you have faith, you're going to be filled up with joy and peace. Who wants those in their lives? I want joy and peace. I don't want sadness and chaos. No one wakes up, it's like, I hope today is just so chaotic and every bad thing that could happen happens to me today. No, 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 we don't want that. But you know what? The enemy wants that for you every day. He want, he, he's ready. He's like, I want bad things to happen to you. I want your life to be destroyed. He wants to steal your hope. We don't come in with that shield of faith. Guess what? He's still coming. He doesn't say, did you get your shield of faith up? Oh, let me go get it for you. You know, put this in your hand, you know, because I'm coming. He is not coming when you are ready. That's why we need to be ready. You know, and we should know faith comes by and hearing by what? The word of the Lord. That's what we need to know. We need to know God's word because that's how we get faith. You hear God's word. It comes in. It comes into your heart that where Jesus said, I gave you a new Okay, you hear that word, and when the enemy comes, guess what's coming out at the enemy? The word of the Lord, which is also called the sword. You know what? It doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what he does, because I know what's in my heart's coming out, and I have faith because I picked up that shield of faith because I know the word of the Lord. Do you guys understand? Knowing God's word is so important. And not just stopping at one, like, you know, the world knows John 3.16, right? but they don't know any of the other scriptures. If you just randomly, they wouldn't know. I mean, I teach people all the time things that are in the Bible, I just don't tell them. <laughs> you don't have to tell them that that's a scripture. You know what? That's how we got to kind of live. It's just so natural that we don't have to get on a pedestal and be like, well, let me read this from the biggest book I can find and the Bible and... No, no, no. We can just have it on the inside of us that it comes out in everyday communication, everyday actions. That's what it should be coming out every day. Because God says he promises you this. We can know that God has promises for us. So then we get to the sword. That's our only defensive tool. That's a good tool. <laughs> That's a good tool. Or offensive tool, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I said it word. I put it in here wrong. So if we don't know the word, it won't come out in battle. The enemy comes to attack you and says, you're going to have lack. You're going to be sick. You know what? Um, this is never going to work out. You're never going to get a new job. You know, you're, you're never going to have enough to provide. You're never going to have a good family. And you know what? We don't have the word of God to, to come with that offensive tool and, you know, cut down those lies of the enemy right there. It's important to hear the word of God. It's important to hear the word of God. So God's word says meditate on it day and night. Does that mean that you have to only read the Bible, sit in your house, you're trying to, I got to eat, but I can't stop reading. It doesn't mean that. How many guys daydream all the time? I can, I daydream, my whole life is a daydream. Sometimes I cannot decipher what is real and what is not, because I'm just thinking all the time, I'll tell Matt, did this happen or did I dream that? Like, because I'm always just thinking that. Like, I know God, because God's always speaking to me, and I'm just thinking about his word, and I'm thinking about how I'm going to respond, and, and sometimes I'm not thinking about his word, and then I respond in a not-so-great way. But he said, hey, meditate on my word day and night, because his promises are activated. He wants it to be in our thoughts and in our minds, so it's in our heart. 
Luke 6, 45, it says, good people. How many of you guys want to be good people? I want to be good people. I want to be good people. Good people have good things saved in their heart. Oh, my gosh. How? I mean, it's so simple. Good people have good things saved in their heart. That's why they say good things. You know, people try to make things so, you know, this big intellectual issue, like, you know, we got to be theologians in there to, to know God's word, to know God's love, and to walk on. Good people have good things in their heart, so they good, say good things. If you ain't saying good things, then I would check what's in your heart. Start putting some good things in there. Right? If all you got is bad stuff coming out, that means I need to put some new stuff in here. I'm going to meditate on some different things. Because every time I open my mouth, we watched the show Liar, Liar, and he couldn't lie. So he would say like the craziest things and he'd be like, (laughs) and then he would try to say something else. But what was in there was coming out. And I think that's the way it should be with the word of God. If we have something besides the word of God in our heart, it's coming out. So good people have good things saved in their heart. That's why they say good things. But those who have hearts full of evil, that's what they, the things they are going to say. If you're, if, you're, if you're around people or you're saying things that are not good, check your heart. It's not your intellect. It's, not the, it's what's in your heart. So where am I at? So what people say with their mouths comes from what is filled in their hearts. It's the overflow. It's the squish. You know, sometimes we can hold some things in, but what's in there is that overflow that's coming out. It's the word of God, what is filled to overflow from your heart. So when we open our mouths, We're always ready to give an account, to speak life, to speak hope, to release truth. When someone comes with you with a bad report, do you say, oh no, I don't know how you're going to do that either. You're going to be destitute too. I'm glad I'm not you. Do you want someone to say that? If you said, I lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family. Do you want me to come and say, I don't know how you are either. This is so terrible. You should just die. (laughs) I mean, guys, I would be mad if my friend said that to me. But if my friend said, you know what, I know it feels really hard right now, but I serve a God who is big. And, you know, he said that he is going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So let's pray. You know, I don't know if it's a job or you're going to be blessed or whatever it is, but I know God's going to take care of you because he loves you. And you know why I know he loves you? Because I know he said that he died for every person. Have you met Jesus? No, I don't even know Jesus. That's okay because let's meet him right now because, you know, then you qualify that he will take care of you. Oh, really? Guess what the... I want someone to respond like that to me, right? I don't want someone to agree and be like, I don't know what to do. And there's times I don't know what to do. I'm like, let's just find someone who does. His name is Jesus. It's always Jesus. Finally, we do get to that helmet. It is important. We need it. It's where everything starts. Everything in our lives, in our new life in Christ, it starts with the helmet of salvation. We know Jesus came to die for our sins. That he hung on the cross. He paid the ransom for you, for me, so that we can have everlasting life without paying for our own sins. 
you know, all we must do to get that helmet of salvation is call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all we have to do. <laughs> Somebody help them with their phones. <laughs> it's hilarious. Maybe the Lord wanted me to stop there. Call in the name of the Lord Jesus. Anyone not calling the name? Someone's calling right now. Come on, that's right. Coming out. What's in there comes out. You know, what does that mean? Sometimes, we don't, sometimes we've gotten saved and we don't feel like we're saved. Right? We go to church again and we're thinking, oh, did I actually accept Jesus? Did you accept him? Did you say, you know, I know you died on the cross for me. I know that I'm a sinner. You know, I, need, I want to be forgiven. I want to have everlasting life. I don't want to spend eternity in hell. Thank you for doing that. Come into my life. I want to start giving my life to you. And you make the choices, you know, for me by renewing me in your word. He doesn't make choices for you like you're a robot and, or a puppet, okay? We're giving him the ability to say, teach me how to make these choices for my life. Teach me through your spirit. Teach me through the Holy Spirit. Teach me through your word. He doesn't, you don't give your life and be like, okay, what are we going to do? And you just let him drag you around. He gave us free will. That's not how it works. But if you haven't done that, just have boldness. I don't even care if you just, I want Jesus. Jesus, come here. <laughs> Taking you, get in my heart right now. I don't care how you do it. He doesn't need, get him in there. Get him in there. Say, I'm a sinner. I don't care if pride, I don't care what people think about me. I sin. I've done some terrible things in my life. Who cares? Say, Jesus, you already know what I've done. You already felt what I've done. You've already experienced what I've done on the cross. So get in my heart, please, because I'm messing all of this up. I have no hope. And you know what he's going to say? Yes to every person. But the sad part is many people leave this earth with just salvation. Because salvation is really easy for us. Really easy for us. All the hard parts, Jesus did. Salvation is really easy. We can get saved and not change anything in our life. Think about the thief on the cross. Never had a moment to do anything right, change anything, make anything right. And he got salvation, right? Easy for us. Jesus did all the hard work. So get your helmet on. It's easy to run around with just a helmet because we didn't do any of that. All of these things take us partnering with that new spirit that he gave us and saying, you know what? I want to make sure my morals line up with his morals. I want to make sure my heart is righteous. I want to have hope. I want to believe I want to share what he gave me with other people. The helmet is so important and necessary. For everything else we do, we need that helmet. Take a moment. Take a moment to say, do I have that helmet? Honestly talk to yourself. Do I have that helmet? Am I wearing that? I, did I make it a production or did it actually go in my heart? 
Did I put that helmet on in front of a bunch of people just because everyone else was doing it and I didn't know what that meant? I've led so many people to the Lord that had been in church and in ministry for years and never met Jesus. Isn't that terrible? That we can play this game and run around naked and know everyone's acting like the emperor's new clothes? Like, oh, this is just... But if, you haven't, if, you don't, if you're like, I don't know Jesus, just do it right now. Just take a minute, Lord, come into my heart. I know I'm a sinner. I am asking you to be forgiven. Let me get the rest of that armor on. Just do it. Because everything else I'm talking about is going to become a lot more clear when you have the revelation of Christ in you. Otherwise, when you hear the word of God, when you come to church on Sunday, it sounds like, you know, you're in a peanuts thing. Wah, 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 right? Because we need the mind of Christ to understand the character, don't we? I went to church all my life, and we were a good Catholic family. You didn't miss. I don't care if it was a snowstorm. I don't care if you were sick. I don't care if you were carrying your arm a limb with you. You're going to church. All I know that Jesus was on the cross and they made me do these beads and I hated it and I tried to crawl under the pews and I got in trouble. I got my hair pulled all the time. I got yelled at and I thought, man, this place is terrible. Every time I try to do something fun, like we had a balcony and you know, it's a huge church and it echoes and if you yell up there, you get in trouble. You also get in trouble when they make you serve. And you, you know, I was altar server. Okay, do you guys do anyone know what that is? You have to wear this robe. Okay, I, I wanted to be a good kid. I love the Lord, but I didn't know Him, and so I was like, I want to serve, make everybody happy, make mom and dad happy, because it'll just make our family look good. The things. So it was really hot. We did not have air conditioning. This church, it's 100, it's almost 200 years old now, but it's like, you know, over 150 years old, and, and, and you have no air conditioning, and you got to wear this robe. And I thought, I have a great idea. I can wear my bathing suit <laughs> under this robe and just put the robe on. <laughs> no one's going to know. Except for, I was a young kid, so I had a lot of dumb in me. And you have to stand up front like this. I need two people. Come here. First two people. Come on. Come on. Get up. Get up here. Run up here. I just need some people to hold my hands. Okay. You're going to be the priest because they have to be men in the Catholic Church. Okay. You're the other altar server. Okay. Okay. You're going to hold hands. You have to stand with, like this. Okay. And you're like this. And you had to go, you had to like chant these things, okay? And what I did, so we're just, he's saying like, let us pray. And then we have to let us pray. And so I didn't know that you're not supposed to lock your knees. So I pass out. The priest, I'm on the ground. So thank you guys. Yes, But did you, wasn't that a good example? And I love the Catholic Church. God has brought so many things there. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. So I'm on the ground. Priest is still holding my hand, looking at these guys like, get up here. 
like, somebody get this kid out of here, <laughs> you know? So they come up and they run up. You know, it's like a huge, you know, there's like a stage. You know what I mean? Like, they have, like, the sanctuary. They're, like, the marble table. I'm luckily I missed that. And so I'm, like, laying, like, on the step like this, you know? And they're like, oh, gosh, she's burning hot. Like, we got we to gotta get this robe off <laughs> So they unbelt this robe and go to take it off me. And they're like, because oh! <laughs> I just have a bikini. <laughs> and that's when they asked me not to serve anymore. <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. <sighs> Oh, we were talking about, like, you can serve, you can do all that. Can I go on another story with that? Because it's funny. So then I got older. And I had met Jesus, but I still like to just be a little bit, I don't know. Got to just stick it to your parents sometimes. (laughs) So they're like, we used to have this thing in the church where on Mother's Day you had to crown the statue of Mary and you had to climb up this giant ladder. You understand, like this church is not like, it's huge. So I'm in front of everybody (laughs) and I start being like with the crown, like dancing as I'm going up the stairs, but then I fell. (laughs) But it's all carpeted and it worked out. Then they didn't ask me the next year because it had to be like, a teenage girl. It was just weird. But also they asked me not to wash feet and also not to kiss the feet of the statue anymore because I just did things that they didn't like. Also, I got in trouble for wiping the ashes off my head. You know, I didn't understand these things. (laughs) But I look and I'm like, I love God. I kept going even though I never met Jesus. And I'm going and, and all of these ritualistic things I'm not say, I'm not, and I'm, and please don't think, I'm not putting down, I'm just telling you my experience of my craziness, okay? And I just, and one of the other things I did, the Pope, or not the Pope, <laughs> the Bishop, he's down the line, he's over here, um, but he's like of the whole thing. So I, this is like right when I was like, okay, I know there's something different, I'm getting close to that helmet, okay? I'm getting close to that helmet in my life. I'm seeing it, but I don't even know God. This is what I'm talking about. Even without that, without knowing God, we can still go to church. We can still do this. We can still, you know, read, a, read the Bible even without knowing him. But I go in there. I was 12 years old, and I didn't even know God at this point. I never had met Jesus. And something rose up in me. And so when the, when the bishop comes, you've got to line up all your kids. So when you go back, like the parents are like, look at all of my children, aren't we great Catholics? There's nine of them, you know. <laughs> and all my siblings, oh, peace be with you, peace be with you. And then there's little me. I'm the last one. <laughs> I never stop moving. Like, I don't think I have very much hair because I got it pulled so much, but... And I don't know what came up in me, but I walk up to the bishop and I said, God has called me to preach the word and you don't allow it here, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to have your job. 
alive as this Catholic child? How many of you guys were in the Catholic church? Are you like, how am I not, how am I alive? God's hand was on me. When I got home, different story. (laughs) I got saved three years after that. I snuck out of the house, got saved, met Jesus. Then I started doing crazy things, even more crazy things in the church, so my mom invited me to, it's okay if you don't come. <laughs> Lifting my hands, their whole hands. You know, like it was just, uh, but I thought, God is always seeking us, isn't he? And he didn't leave me there with just salvation. He kept coming. I needed more. I needed more. Because I look back, I'm thinking, I was a rebellious child. That was terrible. I shouldn't have done any of those things. You know, but God forgives them. What I'm saying is, we can't just run around and think, well, I've been going to church a long time. I've been doing this. I went to church every single week. I did crazy things. You know, I, and I didn't even know God. Can you imagine what it's like? But the great thing, I'm going to tell you guys, so 15 years later, that pope, or, oh my gosh, stop saying that. That bishop retires. He sees my mom and dad at this, um, I don't know, Knights of Columbus thing. So we were deep Catholic. Um, I know all the things. Um, and he's like, what happened to that youngest daughter of yours? <laughs> my mom probably choked on her food a little bit. And she said, well, she preaches at a church. <laughs> and he goes, I expected nothing less from that child. So it worked out. It worked out. You know, you know why it worked out? Because the Spirit of the Lord was put on it after. Do you know what I mean? Even though I said that to him, he had enough maturity in the, in the Lord to be like, okay, there's just something going on there. Like, I'm not going to feel offended that she said that to me, um, that she did that to me um, in front of everybody. Huh. I just look back and think, oh my gosh, I was this terrible child when it came to church. See, everyone can be, see, I'm just showing you guys that if you've messed up, at least you didn't say that to the bishop and you didn't show everybody at church your bathing suit, you know. You're doing a good job. <laughs> so the helmet is important and necessary. Get that, but that allows you to begin to learn and grow in all of these other areas that Christ has for you. He wants you to put on that full armor, be fully equipped. The, the rest of the armor, it takes a little work. It takes a little time. It takes a little commitment. It takes character development. You know what? Now I would never do that even if I was in that church. I would never do that because that wouldn't be the way God wanted me to do that. I didn't have maturity on me, did I? I didn't have character on me. I mean, it's hilarious now, but (laughs) my husband thinks I have ADD. But I told him I do not. It's ADHD. And I don't think it's something bad. I think it's amazing. I mean, it's, I get you laughing all the time. It doesn't matter if he is laughing with me or at me, but he knows he's laughing. He wants to laugh right now. Do it. Laugh. No, you're laughing at me. I got one. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. That's probably why most Christians are running around naked, because that looks like work. Get me that helmet. That one's already done for me. 
But, you know, actually having to stand up morals, actually having to follow the word of God, having to read it, having to take time, have to put in, applying it to my life, having to tell people no sometimes, having to tell my children no, having to tell people, nope, I'm not doing that. No, I don't believe that. I'm not going to submit to that. I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not going to agree with that. That's not as fun. But it's going to benefit your life. That's the part. We, we don't want to do the work, but work is not a bad thing. It creates good in our lives. It benefits us. It connects us. You know, you guys got to be here. You got to see these crazy things today because you got up. You came. You said, I want to be part of a, a community of believers. That takes work. It's easy just to click something on your computer and be like, yeah, I'm praising Jesus from home. And you know what? How many would have missed out on a word? How many missed out on that amazing dance and stuff I did? You would have... I don't even know how you would live without that. What did you say? I have to hurry. You could have passed in that. You get every day. You are so blessed. You better thank the Lord. He's not joking. I dance or sing songs. Like the other day, he goes outside. And as he's going outside, he, d- he sticks his head in. He's like, are you singing a song about how much you love your cat to your cat? I said, yeah, I just made it up right now. <laughs> I'm holding my cat, telling he's like, I don't understand this. So this is his life. If you guys want to pray for him, though, we can we can make a group. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how much fun would you be without me, though? Not very fun. You are the grounding. I am the hilariousness. Together, it's fun. <laughs> Because I need people to bring me back down to, right? <laughs> I can get places. He's trying to bring me down. Am I doing good? I am okay. And you're the string. Aww. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we already got that helmet on. Now we're talking about the rest of it. So let's just get fully dressed before we run out into the culture, run out into world, you know, because it depends on us being fully dressed. The world culture, it actually depends on us being prepared with the full armor of God. You know, our families, they depend on you having the full armor of God. When they come to you, when your kids come and they're crying or bad things are happening, they expect you to respond with the truth of God's word. They need that. Oh, no, everything's bad happening at school. You know what? It's going to be okay. You know, God's going to bring you through this. He's going to provide for you. Instead of being like, oh, no, it is going to be bad. You're probably going to expel. Hope that works out for you. <laughs> no, 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 they need you. Other people's eternity depends on you getting fully dressed each morning. Do you know that? You putting on the armor of God, other people's lives hangs in the balance because they are waiting to hear the word of God, which is going to come out of your mouth. How many of us got saved from either a church service, hearing about it, um, someone, someone told you about Jesus. How many of you guys got saved because someone else told you about Jesus? So the rest of you just all picked up, okay, almost, like, I want you to raise your hand. Raise it high. I want to see, is that how you got saved? If you didn't, in another way, I want to know. If you got saved. So you didn't? You just had the word? There are some people that just opened the word and they knew. But most of us, heard it at church or heard it through our parents, you know, I, I'll guarantee you probably heard it through your parents. You may not remember, the, you know what I mean? N- I know your parents, so I know you did. 
So what I'm saying is we heard about it. Someone told us about it. Someone talked about it. Someone showed us in the Bible, opened it up and said, here it is. See, that's why it's important that someone else's eternity, God made it that way. He said, you're going to be the body of Christ. You're going to come together. We're going to be the body of Christ. So it's really important that we put on that full armor because you might have your, your helmet, but someone else doesn't. What if it's your kids? What if it's your spouse? If it's your neighbor, your friends? Are you willing to take that, that possibility that they might spend an eternity separate from you? I'm not. I can't, I can't even fathom that. If it was your children, like as a parent, that, that is my worst fear. Like, I mean, when they were little, I would talk, I would do the salvation, you know, message and Romans road with them all the time. We talk about Jesus and this is how you get saved. You know, when they were little, I'm like, do it when you're five, do it when you're six. They're like, do you understand this? Like, repeat it back to me. How would it tell me about this? I want to know, tell me in your words what salvation is. My kids got saved young, but then I also was like, tell me what salvation is. Tell me how you know Jesus. Tell me, I need to know that you have it on the inside of you. We got to put that belt on. Make moral choices for yourself, for your household. Get those shoes and that sword of the spirit. That means read the word, listen to the word, know the word. You know, be ready with the word. The word, the word, the word. Do you guys understand that the word of God is important? Yeah, it's really important. You know, get that shield of faith. We know faith is easy to get because all we need to do is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. (laughs) If you guys don't understand your Bible, the word of God, reading it. I don't care if you do it on a phone, on a computer. If you have a paper Bible, you know what? If you go, if you want to drive around Fremont because there's like 40 churches there and you want to read each scripture on one of the church signs, I don't care. I think that's great. Read it. If that's how you're getting the word, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it doesn't. If you want to write it on your wall, you want to write it on your mirror, get the word, the word, the word. The helmet is easy to put on. The rest takes work, but benefits us, and not just us, but others around you. By getting dressed, we get to share in the ministry of reconciliation. By putting on the armor, we get to share in what Jesus did all the work for. How good is that? He did all the pain, all the work. He had all the shame, everything put on him. And then he said, do you want all the benefits of this? You get to be part of bringing people into the kingdom, seeing their lives change, seeing generations change, seeing your children go from death to life. That's a good thing. I mean, how many of you guys like to watch your kids in sports? Does that feel good? Okay, that's a good thing. That's fun. We go, we think, oh, it's so cute. Look at them, especially when they're little. Like, you ever seen little football players? They're just running around. They don't even know there's a ball. There doesn't even have to be a ball. They would just be running. <laughs> These are football parents, right? It don't, you could take the ball out. They'd still be running around. And you're like, look how cute they are. They're running everywhere. One's laying down. No, we think that's, we love watching that how much more to watch them go from death to life. You see your children as dying. Without Christ, your child is dying. They may be growing in the physical, but they are dying. And here you are, you have the helmet of salvation, you have the breastplate of life, you have the belt of truth, you have all of these things, and you are offering them and partnering in the reconciliation to Christ. 
and you just took your child from death, raised them from death with Christ, right there. That is something amazing. He said, that's what I'm giving you. I'm giving you the opportunity to partner in reconciliation with me. He didn't even just keep it all for himself, did he? He did all the work and he still partnered with us. Just get dressed because I'll tell you what, nudity is not permitted here. You come in with just a hat next week, we will kindly escort you. With, we will cloak you <laughs> with some righteousness and we will help you get on the armor, right? Because nudity, we're just not going to permit it in our lives. We're not going to permit it here. We're not going to start saying, guess what? Nudity is not allowed here. When immoral things start coming into your household, say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If that means you lose your phone to your children, if that means you lose your freedom to go out of this house, to be friends with these people, guess what? It doesn't matter. I'm cutting off anything that does not glorify God. And guess what? You have people living in sin in your household. Guess what will happen? They aren't going to like it. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because you don't care. You can't care how people feel. you got to care about their salvation. you got to care about their eternity. A moment of pleasure could mean it, uh, eternity in hell. We have to start actually talking about that hell is real because we actually love people. Not just our families, but our communities the world, that we actually look at other people and say, Lord, I want them, I want them to know you. Send labor, send laborers. Please don't choose me, but send labor. <laughs> I've had that sometimes where I'm like, Lord, they don't like me, but I still want them to know you. Send somebody, send somebody, send laborers. And see, when we come together, we're laborers because we think we can hide from God. You can't hide from God. You think you can run from God? He's faster than you. He created your legs. He created your mind. You think you're going to run from him in the night? Oh, I'm just going to sleep this away. Guess what he does? He's like, great, now you, now you can get out of the way. I'm going to talk to you in dreams. You can't run from God. You can't hide from God. All you can do is come to him and submit your life to him. And you know what? Bad things are still going to happen but you're going to have faith and hope and you're going to see that light, your life will change for the better. That your community will change, your household will change, but you've got to set that stake in the ground and say, this is what is happening. As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. As for thee in this house, talking about this church community, we serve the Lord. If someone comes in here and says, well, this, there, I've had people come and say, there's no hell or things like that. And I said, I don't care what you think because God's word says this. Be prepared when people come and say, well, that, you know, that's just this or that. No, no, no. What does God's word say? And anytime someone tries to bring something in your house that is not of the word of God, you be ready and cover it with the word of the Lord. The word is so important. So get dressed, people. We're getting dressed. We're coming with this armor because we are ready. Let's pray.